Hey besties, it's Tina, Karen, and Jules here. Tools down, time to chat work, life, well-being, and relationships. You're listening to Let's, Let's Take, Take It, it Offline. Off Welcome back to another episode of Let's Take It Offline. It's Jules here. This week's episode is all about what's happening in the tech industry. We really wanted to talk about it because it's super topical and just wanted to get everyone's sentiment and also how we've seen the market and um, what we've experienced as well as friends and family that have also been impacted. However, before we get started, if you've liked our podcast, don't forget to rate, subscribe and give us a big thumbs up and let us know through our socials what you would like to hear more about but before we get started what's been happening this week karen um this week's been a i'm trying to actually take it quite chill this week given all the changes at work and um i recently am recovering from a car accident as well oh poor thing are you okay feeling better yeah feeling much better but like through that experience i learned that like Whiplash is actually a big, big um, it is. thing. Concussion um, as well. Concussion, yeah. yeah, because it essentially, someone said to me, it's essentially a brain injury. Um, and to take the time off that mm. you really need, like don't ignore it because mm. that's what something I learned. Yeah. Um, and the important thing is to take it seriously because um, yeah. it, it might come back to affect you years later. Can mm. I just say as well that it was such a good rem- reminder of how fickle life is yeah. and because we were having brunch that morning mm. and then like a few hours later you message us saying hey i'm in the hospital yeah and i was like no i know it's scary. It really scary it yeah. is but we yeah. all also all have to look after each other because um one of my colleagues his wife passed away um just absolutely overnight wow no idea what happened and you know it's just a, the sentiment of making sure that we look after each other yeah and for sure and make the make use of the time we've got together because yeah. you never know yeah mm. yeah so i'm being grateful this week oh absolutely grateful and appreciative uh, what about you jules what have you been up to this week i have recently resigned um oh. i know so i am just essentially doing my notice at the moment are you gardening oh, i am not gardening because i'm not going to a competitor however i will talk a little bit about what my new role is and Mm. what I'm going to be doing and why I'm making that shift because I do think it's topical in terms of what's happening in the market Mm. and why I've decided to um, move away from said golden handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tina? I just came back from a few days in Melbourne. It was such a a really good trip. I saw a bunch of customers, got to go to an AFL game and that was really fun. Um, And then I recently just got um, announced as a finalist for the ARN Women in ICT Awards. Um, so we're not going to find out um, the result until the lunch, which is the 25th of May, but super exciting. Um, and yeah, just super grateful for, you know, the support network around me and, you know, the people that I've got to work with and mentor me and help me out along the way. So, um, you know, like there's such a sense of like, 
um, pride to work in such an industry and we're surrounded by really smart people all the time. And I think that's why like the recent news around, you know, layoffs and not just one round, but like now looking at like a second round of layoffs is quite unsettling. And I think we're, we're all three are feeling that way. And I'm sure all of our listeners are feeling a bit of that um, in their immediate environment as well. Um, but today we kind of want to talk about that and, you know, like really feeling for, you know, our colleagues who are being impacted. Um, but we want to kind of like dive into that a bit more to help people understand as to why this is happening mm. um, in the context of the the wider sort of like macroeconomic situation. And then also talk about, you know, what are what's the, what's live after redundancy and what the options in terms of like your next your next career move or whatever. But also, you know, just kind of relook into, uh, you know, a career in, in the tech industry. Is that still a valid option? Um, so let's go into the midi part of that yeah i mean i think we in order to like set the scene as well is yes we are talking about redundancies and yes we are talking about why it's happening but we see so many colleagues i think on on for me it's especially on linkedin and also friends and family Mm. where they've gone i thought that tech was a stable industry yeah but the thing is every industry goes through this mm. so it's not like you know it's kind of like the tech gfc scenario <laughs> the right? tech bubble has burst exactly yeah. and 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 it doesn't mean that it's not going to um come back because it will no yeah this is just short term probably the next 18 to 24 months until the industry kind of settles and then we we will see it you know come back and bounce back and that's normal yeah, yeah. And I guess just to add to that as well, like um, just in terms of the overall like economic climate that we're in, like I think we went through a, a really long or like healthy period of boom in terms of the stock market and a lot of money was, you know, dumped into the tech industry. Um, so I think it's only natural that we'll have to go through a period of correction for the value to really align with, you know, what is actually happening in the economy and with these companies. Yeah, I think I think the writing's, been on the wall it's just a matter of timing and when when it rebounds it's going to rebound and look different as well so if it rebounds it might be that the next crop of unicorns will be mm. coming up so yeah we'll see the new atlassian see the um, new Air- airbnb see the new ubers so i think that this is a period of time where like even though there is a lot of uncertainty. There's also a lot of opportunity that comes with that. Yeah. yeah. I 100% agree because in terms of, because I work a lot with startups and I work a lot with, um, you know, venture capital investment type um, companies. Um, yeah, it, you know, like there's still capital being invested into the mm. ecosystem and new, new tech companies. It's just that the investments are like earlier now. Mm. So investors are trying to avoid that sort of like series abc or pre-ipo yeah um but there's a lot of money going into new companies that are making use of new technology so um you're 100 percent right i think within that sort of like turbulence in the economy and in the industry there will be a crop of new companies coming out stronger if they've got the right um, product market fit Mm, absolutely and what i'm also seeing is with typical you know other 
tech companies that are fairly established is they're kind of looking at their their P&L, they're kind of looking at their their strategy and they're also looking at headcount. Like if we see, to Karen's point earlier, if we see an influx of hire during COVID, we talked about it before where everyone's leveling out. Okay, we have overhired. We now need a pullback mm. because A, we're not growing as quickly as we thought we would mm. and that trajectory, we're not actually meeting those those targets. So how do we actually cut costs? And unfortunately, the redundancies are part of the cost-cutting exercise. Yeah, I've seen, so in my world, our CSMs, gone. Mm. Yeah. So um, CSM got, is customer, uh, customer success, success managers? Success managers yep. gone. Yeah. We're the same. It's really interesting because there's, because I was involved with some of, this view as well there was a lot of analysis being put into utility per head per Mm -hmm. hire and then um what um a lot of my consulting uh, friends have told me is that they've just done a broad blanket analysis of exactly how many heads are required for the business for its current growth um, yeah. trajectory mm-hmm. and then this is how much of a percentage that needs to be cut mm-hmm. and this is what the corresponding number of people needs to be mm-hmm. and um, so it's been very I guess scientific in the way that they've done it this time around uh, where pretty much managers have been just given a number to say you need to get rid of this many people or this amount of headcount dollars mm-hmm. And that's how the decisions have been made. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's actually different in my org because the way that it was done when we went through our layoffs was that um, it was all decided at um, a regional level. So the your like manager or skip manager, if you were impacted, they were kind of blindsided. Yeah, they didn't that's know. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then like I know other organizations have actually taken the approach of just general attrition. So they've gone mm-hmm. and rid of the people that are considered like low performing and then gone approached it that way where Mm. it's just attrition that uh, in terms of performance as well when i started to see this i mean i I anticipated it and i really hoped fingers crossed i was not going to be part of that Mm. wave and being a sales rep i thought we are that revenue generating um, part of the business therefore Perhaps I'm somewhat safe, but then I got really anxious a little bit when I saw Salesforce, I believe. Mm, they yeah. they were one of the first to get rid of a lot of salespeople. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it kind of was very unsettling in that respect. And because I'm in the enterprise space, like it takes a lot longer to close opportunities mm. and deals. And sometimes the yield versus the time the ROI isn't there so for me it was like oh okay am I going to get impacted because Mm. um that that growth on revenue we we weren't essentially hitting target to the point where like it was fast enough to justify our roles yeah yeah I think it's really tricky because um I've follow some of the friends and colleagues who've been, been impacted and it's not always about the performance um as i think i think karen mentioned that at your company they're doing you know sometimes it's based on like performance but i feel like for um some of the companies it's quite random it's like yeah. a whole functional area getting yeah. cut and so that makes it really sad to see some of these amazing colleagues who you've worked with and you know they're very co- capable and very talented um and really really good operators and you know you still um see that they're getting cut yeah Yeah. it's actually really crazy because we see it on linkedin 
right? And people that we know in the industry that are absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. at their jobs being, you know, made redundant, it's like, you know what? No one is safe. Yeah. I think the general sentiment is really that like yeah. no yeah. one is safe and i have really sensed like a just an overall level of uneasiness across the business mm. and that kind of puts a lot of people in the mindset that's like i'm i might not have a job the next mm. day so mm. i'm gonna just take it chill like and not work as hard as i used to as well yeah because they're like they're distracted by the fact that they might not have a job the next day. Mm. So Everyone's it's like demotivated. That, yeah. yeah, demotivated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's like at, at our like personal level. I think we can really understand that and we feel, you know, very empathetic towards our colleagues and friends who've been uh, impacted. But if you think at a at a business level, like it makes a lot of sense because I think we we talked about it before in terms of like when you overhired you know your workforce because you anticipate a lot of growth and that growth didn't really eventuate then you know from a business perspective and because you know these are all public companies then they have to deliver value to shareholders and investors it makes sense that these cuts need to happen and then in a lot of cases as well we're seeing that the investments are going towards new areas of demand so you know generative ai for example is one area where all companies are talking about these days in the tech world um, and I'm 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 sure that after this round of cuts happen, there will be a lot more investments and potentially even rehires into um, these new areas where we see a lot of demand. Yeah. I agree. Like it's, I think that when that happens, it's gonna come back stronger mm. than before, but it will look different. It will look different. different. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like the there's been a lot of what's being perceived as copycat behavior like some major companies are the first to get rid of a ton Mm -hmm. of people but now a lot of companies are also doing the same yeah as a way to re-look at like utility per head cutting layers of fat from trimming the fat Mm -hmm. from the business as well um not just in tech but we're seeing it across banking now yeah seeing it in consulting but yeah i think that it's across the board yeah So should we actually look at um, what live is like after yeah. a redundancy? Because yeah. I, I, we personally all know friends who's gone through that journey before. Yeah, I've gone through that journey before myself. So mm. I got made redundant a couple of years ago. So luckily, In your grad job as well. Yeah, yeah, luckily it's not this round, but I have been made redundant before quite early on in my career. Mm. So I'll share that today because... At that time, not gonna lie, I felt <laughs> like my life was, like my career was over. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the moment because we were um, actually at the kickoff conference in Orlando, yeah. and um, I think you like maybe maybe your manager at that time pinged you and said, "Hey, like some changes to your role." No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't. I think it was after afterwards. Right. Okay. Yeah. But there were some reorgs happening in that. Um, actually, sorry, in that happened- team. Yeah, my my manager, I'd been notified before that happened. Uh, okay. And then when I saw you at kickoff, that's when I was, I think, midway interviewing for a role uh, or okay. I had just yeah, got yeah. a new role. But yeah, well, I'll come to that. Like, But at the time, I really did think that 
it was over. And during this period, it's actually been interesting. A lot of my juniors have been coming up to me to say, hey, I'm really nervous about the mm. security of my role. Yeah. And I've been telling them, trust me, you have nothing to worry <laughs> about. If it did happen, the grass is greener. Yeah. Anyway, but at that time, not going to lie, like it, it was when it happens to you the first time, it is quite shocking because, um, and this is my first learning from it, is to an advice is to not take it personally mm. because some of these cuts happen not because of you but because of how the business wants to be restructured and at that time for me it was because I was in an incubation team that was getting now mainstream because it had grown to mm. a certain size and to not take it personally at all because that effectively means you can take it this way that you've done your job so great that they no longer <laughs> need you in that role. Because that's the meaning of redundancy is that you, they cannot, they don't, there's no longer a need for yeah. the role you're in. And um, that's why it's being cut. So yeah, that's one of the key things. And my next like thing that I learned from that is uh, to be really aware of what your rights are mm. when you've been made redundant. I think that that's where my legal background I was just gonna say, came in very handy. Contractual. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like if you were yeah. to give someone um, advice as to what they should look out for? 100%. Like I, um, I, luckily, I had studied employment law in law school. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to check what my rights are just so that like, I know that like I've been like treated fairly and mm. I don't necessarily have a case to make against them. Yeah. And I think for our listeners, you can also tap into fair work. Yeah. Mm. Um, give them a call. If you have any questions about your contract, if you feel you've been, been treated unfairly, it's, it's free service, right? As opposed it, to paying for a it lawyer. Depends. Yeah. Like I think that, um, Absolutely. The Fair Work Ombudsman is like the first place you can check. You can also get free legal advice from, from, a, legal, from legal, a legal, legal clinic. Aid. I think um, it's called Legal Aid, right? Yeah, you can get go to Legal Aid for advice, but also your local um, community legal center. Mm -hmm. If you're below a certain income level, you get mm -hmm. free legal advice. But basically, the main thing to be aware of is firstly the, um, to check whether you've been let go in an appropriate manner and yeah. Fair Work Ombudsman will have those details and um the thing that i've seen catch a lot of people by surprise are the limitation periods as well to bring a case if you have been unfairly dismissed in your mind okay. and in employment law unfortunately those time frames are really short like i think that you'll need to raise an unfair dismissal case within a certain number of days and i think it's even less than a month so right. you need to move quickly if you do think that um You've, you haven't um, been let go accordingly. But each state and each country have different redundancy laws. And in this actual current economic climate, we have seen organizations go certainly in the first couple of rounds above and beyond what they are legally required to provide in terms of redundancies. Like mm -hmm. I think Meta was giving like employees like at least six six months of redundancy pay plus like a whole year of health benefits plus all these additional things mm -hmm. that are above and beyond what they are legally required to do. But there are countries such as New Zealand, for example, that don't have labor laws to protect redundancy. So um, you have to be really clear 
of what your legal rights are. It also could even be a good thing or even an, you know, in terms of a different perspective, it could even be a new chapter for you. But yeah. I'm sure at, yeah. when this was happening, you were probably not thinking that. You were just no. like, oh my God, oh no. Yeah, right? like, and, the, mm. and the thing is, that's exactly what happened. But the grass has been greener ever since. I think that what it did is it made me like pause and really reflect on what I wanted to do because I still had um, an opportunity to move into the banking sector mm. or I would go for another role in the tech sector and it actually took me onto a completely new path yeah closer to the customer Mm. Um, and i don't i think that honestly i'm really grateful that it happened yeah Uh, and i I think in that case you were you you were given the opportunity to actually take on another role within the business right and that actually took you on a path where you've got to experience a different discipline with the little business. Um, but in the current layoff, it's quite different though because um, because of the all of these like mass layoffs, there's mm. no opportunities for people to actually look for other opportunities within the organization. But I think the, still, the same mindset still applies in yeah. a way that, you know, it doesn't have to be the be all and end all. Like a career at one of these companies is great but there are also other tech companies that you can look into because i know at, um, at my org for example mm-hmm. i think one a role is got made redundant then they can't hire the same role for the next six months or something legally, like that legally they're not required yeah. to yeah it's always going to be hard i think if it, if it happens to you especially when you love the company you mm. love the culture you love the people those people become your family yeah. you know i can totally understand that it it would be so difficult yeah but at the same time it's like it's a moment for you to reflect and go okay what else can I do what can I do and we we've spoken about this in our um, career episode where we talk about upskilling I've seen people on LinkedIn who have been made redundant yeah. go and do more certifications. A hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Right? And and I think if anything, for people who are in the tech industry, regardless of the job, was impacted or not, mm. this is a really good wake-up call because you really is. can't rest on your laurel because the nature of our industry is that it moves so quickly. Mm. You can't be, you can't afford to be stagnated. Um, and you know, with all these chats about data and AI, you kind of need to upskill yourself in those areas as well to keep up with the demand and keep up with what um, customers want to talk about. But I really actually do want to share the story of our really dear friend and he would know who we're talking about. I think he's been thinking about moving to New York forever. And you know, like work has been going pretty well for him. He's killing it. He was still kind of like back of his mind thinking about moving to New York but haven't really done anything about it and then got affected by the first round of layoff at his company and then got a pretty decent redundancy package and now actually applying and interviewing for roles in New York and I think we just look at that and think well that is the universe's sign for you to go and pursue your dreams sometimes you just need that little Nuts. push yeah. yeah it's like yeah. it's when you're when you're in a job that's actually you're doing well in that's paying you well it's like such a high bar for a safety net mm. and that the opportunity cost to leave that is also correspondingly yeah. high yeah. i always think think of a safety net it's not made of um mesh and metal a safety net is like 
a spider web <laughs> it'll it'll catch you but not forever yeah so it's always a good way that that safety net isn't always going to protect you forever yeah. be grateful for what you have yeah. and upskill and learn constantly yeah. so that you you do become valuable yeah and sorry karen I, I know you didn't finish your story but i'm really curious to know where your mind was at what was the pivoting yeah. point for you to go you know what this is totally fine and what are the next what were the yeah. next steps for you to kind of make things okay for yourself yeah well <laughs> i cried a lot in the first two days <laughs> i was like i was like i think the first person i called was my boyfriend at the time and i was just like i've just been made redundant and i was like crying for two days because i was like this like can't believe it's happened to me like of all people why me like taking it quite personally yeah and then, um, but then after a couple of days, like, um, I, I was like, okay, well, what are my options here? Mm. And there's a sense of action to Tina's point earlier, when you have loved a company so much, um, and it's your home and you meet some amazing people there, there is definitely a sense of like emptiness because <laughs> yes. that's your, your feeling of purpose has like, yeah. Gone. And related to breaking up with someone that you really loved and they didn't love you back yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i was going to say that you know like work is such a big part of your identity yeah and And that's the the other thing yeah uh, some people they take it personally because work is part of their identity but what i'm what i really learned through that process is that number one i'm gonna it's gonna be maybe controversial if any HR people are listening to this but like no loyalty to the company because the company doesn't have loyalty to you like Mm. you are just a number on the balance sheet and that is something for you to really keep in mind yeah is that if you're not there the company is going to easily hire someone yeah they'll easily hire someone to do the exact same job as you yeah like you don't have to think that it's anything related to you at all yeah. so but the, yes there is a sense of emptiness that i definitely had uh but then straight away it's like what do i really want to do next and that really just dry, drove me i wanted to be more customer facing mm. and that took me onto a path where i did a role that i never considered doing <laughs> and now i look back onto it and it's the best role that yeah. i've ever done ever done um it, i learned so much from it and it really challenged me in ways and it gave me the but most opportunity that mm. I've had in any role. I've had the best manager at the mm. time as well. And it really just opened the doors to for me to do everything else after. And the crazy thing is I wouldn't have done that role. I had that role as an option mm. at the start and I didn't go down that path or pick it. But then it came back round to me. Yeah. Ooh, the universe. It's like, what, yeah. what is meant for me, for yeah. you, can never miss you. Yeah, exactly. So that happened. And I and this is the advice that I give to the, the younger generation when they're like really worried about it. I was like, on, the grass is going to be greener no matter what happens. Like any amount of change is only going to set you on a path that you actually were meant to be on or yeah. wanted to pursue. So yeah, and then that's I was I was really lucky. The company um, wanted to keep me and offered me another job. But in this current condition, like Tina said, that's not always an option. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in that case, take the package that they give you it will afford you some time to think about what you want to do and that might be 
like traveling for a couple of months mm. that might be going into a completely different industry sector mm-hmm. that you have always wanted to do or it could be a chance for you to like leap into a different organization yeah. but the one thing is that a lot of people do have financial pressures mm. to immediately find another job like they might have a family to feed mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i was gonna mortgage, say yeah. Right? yeah yeah and then in those times when you look at the conditions where the market is being flooded by all these amazing people that have just mm. been laid off supply is high yeah the, uh, so that supply is low sorry in terms of new jobs, jobs yeah but demand is high there's mm. lots of people so in the in these times maybe it's maybe you make a decision where you can't be picky with mm. what you do and you want to secure something first. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really competitive because, mm. as Karen said, there's a lot of amazing people yeah. that have been let go. So I think as a recruiter, A, it's going to be easy to find people, but B, it's actually going to be really hard for individuals to set themselves apart. Mm. So do what you need to because I think that it's going to be an absolute rat race out there because yeah. a lot of people, as I said, as I know, they're, they're amazing. They're phenomenal at what they do, but also where I have seen people that were made redundant and then jumped into a different role, they have gone completely left field to what they normally do. Mm. And that's okay, right? I think that's totally okay. It's a new skill. It's something they haven't done before and they want to go away and learn maybe it's operational rather than sales. It really goes back to my point earlier is that the grass is going to be greener Mm. no matter what happens, the redundancy. It's going to give you like a good couple of months or if you're lucky and being with an organ i know someone who was with an organization for 27 years they would have gotten like a couple of years worth yeah. of redundancy pay which i'm just, like i would just chill out for a <laughs> little while yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. but then also um the, the other piece of advice is that if if you were made redundant and you only been in role for less than a month you're not you're not necessarily you're not entitled, entitled yeah. to a redundancy yeah so that's a lot of pressure on an individual can we can we pause on that for a second because mm. That's a really good point. Those that are going into a new job and they've, they've kind of rode the or been riding the redundancy wave and now you're going into a new job, there's this sense of security still looming because you're not entitled to a redundancy given yeah. what's happening. But at the end of the day, you would have gotten your redundancy package elsewhere. So I guess, you know, much of a muchness. Yeah. (laughs) The the interesting thing is also sometimes in uh, your initial contract that you signed with an organization, there might be a redundancy clause built in Mm. where it says if you get made redundant, you're entitled to X number of months of payout. Mm -hmm. And it's a traditional practice in some organizations as well. So read the fine print. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Especially the um, competition law, um, sorry, competition clause in your contract. I feel like I never pay attention to that until I was living my... Yeah, Yeah. until I was living for a a different competitor. And that's the other piece of advice as well if you've been made redundant to make sure you really check what your entitlements are because you really don't have that much of a negotiating power leeway to define what your exit package is going to be but be but double click on everything in there because they might have missed something and I know someone who um, had to go back and ask for um, additional pay that they were entitled to that wasn't included in their payout and they got it which is what they deserved so um, yeah just make sure that you look out for yourself in these circumstances and to make sure that you're done right by 
by the organization mm, yeah yeah so it's not the end of the world it's there's a multitude of opportunity mm. um i think tina you mentioned last time a colleague i think we b- both knew that colleague and he became a train driver mm. and he was quite reputable in the, mm. the tech industry mm-hmm. like how amazing is that i know yeah like and what an opportunity someone else i saw on linkedin as well and i have so much regard for her because she's like i remember when i was still very early into my career and I saw her in front of a customer and how polished she was and how great she was. And I I was actually a little bit um, sh- shaken, shook <laughs> when I saw that she was um, made redundant. But I, really, I just saw that she posted on LinkedIn about how she went and did a sailing course. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, like everyone's situation is different. And, um, you know, we kind of have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, some people are really stressed out because of the financial situation and security for their family. But I think, you know like trying to look for the silver lining in what is happening and hopefully that you know you you do have enough of a nest egg that you can actually then think about your next step and not to be too stressed to jump straight into something because yeah as um as you know karen said it's a very competitive market at the moment question that i want to pose though is that is a career in tech still worth it look i definitely think it's still worth it tech is just an ever changing industry yeah you learn so much you never remain the same and if you are you're probably you know you, you become one of those people that get made redundant unfortunately yeah. um and it's forever um you're forever this the hamster on the wheel because you're always learning about something new. So I don't think it's a industry that is dying at all because the next, as Karen says, the next Uber is going to come out or the yeah. next Airbnb. Pe- in in these times, people become more innovative and creative, yeah. right? So in challenging times, people do become more innovative. So absolutely not. Like I still think that it will be a thriving industry. It's just, as I said earlier, it's the wave of, you know, it's the dip at the moment and we will certainly come back up. Yeah. And already I think we're seeing like people who are who got married and from like really big organizations like Amazon or Microsoft or Google and they're all very talented and smart. And so they're really going out there to start their own business oh, or startup. Yeah. So it's actually really I, no doubt. And if we think about like the dot com boom, right? Like mm. I was going to say we were not born there, but we were. <laughs> we were just babies then. But then, yeah, like we at that point, I think people just thought that, you know, the world was going to come crashing down and there won't be any tech industry anymore because that was the very first sort of like um, foray into like the internet and the web and, you know, digitizing of everything. Um, and look how far we've come now. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's still worth it because I don't think there will be a single company in the future that, is not a technology yeah. company. Every company 100% becomes agree. a tech company. Absolutely. Because it's transformation either internally or products to customers, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I still think it's the most interesting place to be. Yeah. And from even from my perspective, I alluded earlier that I'm moving roles. I haven't been made redundant. However, I've had an opportunity to sit and look at what I want to do next mm. because, um, you know, our listeners would know I've been doing embryo freezing with my partner Mm. like what is what is 
a tech role for me look like it's not in sales anymore no i'm not chasing the the, the dollars and i'm not chasing um, commission but mm. i want to do something different that allows me to have work-life balance so that you know a i'm going to grow into a new skill but at the same time b i'm probably gonna potentially be a mum. so what does that look like yeah mm. and um yeah also like that's such a great point um around where you're at in your personal journey and what makes your career like how you would make your career work for you Mm. also i think like we briefly talked about this before but when you're in any industry not just tech industry but especially in tech industry because you know things change so quickly like last year everyone was talking about web3 and blockchain and chat gpt um, now yeah it's all ai it's (laughs) all generative ai now you know you kind of have to look into the areas of growth within the industry and position yourself so you can actually capitalize on that headwind um, in the market in terms of, you know, like, well, there's really a shift in terms of like new, newer tech companies happening now. You know, in the past, I think a lot of people want to work in the enterprise space because that's where you get like a lot of big projects. There's always budget to do things, but these companies are tightening the spending now. It's a lot harder to make things happen. Whereas if you work for more startup type companies, they are in a growth phase. So there's a lot more opportunities there, you know, like, AI, for example, again, I said that maybe three times today, but it's really, really top of mind for everyone at work at the moment um, is a real raise. And I think the more that you can kind of pivot into that area quickly and upskill yourself and find the organization or the team or the segment that is going strong, I think you have a really good competitive edge. It's also what I'm seeing customers do. They're instead of spending on headcount, which as you you know obviously based on what we're talking about people aren't spending on headcount but more so that they're looking at okay with the headcount that we have we can't afford to put on more people however with the tech stack we have with the people we've got what can we do to actually maximize Mm. the tech stack we have and ai comes into this as a a huge player because they're using machine learning Mm -hmm. too whether it's personalization for yeah. marketing, whether it's using it for um, chat and automating a lot of the processes. So AI is really becoming a big part of the process, yeah. whereas before it was like a nice to have. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of automation as well in terms of workflow. Mm. So it means that you can maybe be more efficient. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, will AI replace my job? Not really. Like, you know, like there's still a lot of work that needs to happen around training AI and, you know, putting the right principles and ethical requirements around it Um, but at the same time you need to also find those roles where AI can enhance your job day-to-day yeah enhance your job and you know you work in tandem with it not you know for you know you wouldn't want to be in a role where like it's low value tasks that can be replaced by AI for example the buzzword is that it's your (laughs) co-pilot co-pilot is the word co-pilot everything I've I've been seeing that yeah yeah so, yeah, exciting times, I think, during these um, turbulence. Yeah. There it will always be opportunity and you just need to really think on your feet and stay in touch, have your pulse on what's actually going yeah. on mm. so that you can pivot yeah. like, quite quickly. I agree. Mm. If you look at it um, from an angle that is really exciting, I think we are just at the cusp of 
a lot of changes in the industry and I think with that will come a lot of um, opportunities. It's just that you need to be quite alert and, you know, keep your eyes glued in terms of like what's happening and how you can capitalize on what's changing in the market. Yeah, be on the front foot. If you think yeah. that your role is going to be made redundant, you know, as I said earlier, sometimes the writing's on the wall. Mm. Yes. Sometimes you can yeah. see it all happening beforehand. Yeah. You're like, oh, I, I got to get out or yeah. or um, maybe don't get out. Take take the redundancy. Yeah. That's probably a better option actually. And, and, and sometimes, you know, like it's, um, yeah, I think we, we kind of touch on, like we, we're going to keep this episode quite short and sharp and sweet. Um, but yeah, like I think we just wanted to acknowledge the sentiment that's going on in our industry at the moment. And, um, you know, also instilling a little bit of hope that, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and there will be new opportunities coming um, and the tech industry is still very worth um, looking at for anyone who's thinking about jumping in. My parting gift is don't forget to find your passion because Mm. this might be a really good opportunity to figure out what that is if you know what it is Mm. um, and then go pursue it. You know, don't, don't. Don't dwell because I, I'm a firm believer of not dwelling in life in general because dwelling does you no good. Go out and do. Mm. Again, thank you for listening to Let's Take It Offline. Um, if you've loved what you've heard today, feel free to reach out on our socials. Make sure you let us know what you want to listen to next. But you've been listening to Let's, Let's Take, take it, it Offline. offline.